Happy Monday, travelers. It is Justin and Lindsay back for technically podcast number five, but we're still calling it part two of episode four. We are still uh, discussing the second half of our Danube River cruise aboard the Amalea with Ama Waterways and Adventures by Disney. Last week's episode, if you remember, we discussed our unique travels getting to Europe, <laughs> a.k.a. Memorable. the memorable experience that we had, a.k.a. Thomas Cook canceling our flight, subsequently going defunct, and us missing a beautiful night before the river cruise in Budapest, and but we made it. me yelling at you next to the Danube River. Right. So we talked about Budapest and Bratislava, Slovakia. Uh, but this week we are now venturing over into Austria and Germany for the second half of the trip. Uh, this week, Lindsay, what have we been up to before we get into the fun stuff? Because everyone, <laughs> everyone is so interested in our lives. You had quite the experience this week, You're earlier right. this week. Last week was one of the worst seven-day stretches of my entire life. I woke up a week ago with tooth pain, and I think you and I... I don't think I said 10 words to you in seven <laughs> days. We just had conversations with you asking me questions and me nodding and mumbling. You just didn't open your mouth and you just had RBF the yep. entire week. So I called the dentist. I actually went to the dentist. Sitting in the chair, two minutes later, you were picking me up again because they said, you need a root canal yesterday. So then I got one a couple of days later. And you went on a Friday, and they're like, oh, you need this yesterday, except it's Friday, and now you have to wait till Monday. So what could have been five nights of pain turned into seven or eight nights of awfulness. But I'm back. I can have conversations again. You have a t-shirt that I, says, yep. I got I, a root canal. Yep. I survived, I survived a root canal, canal. which the dentist, was... The dentist gave it to me, That's which the great. best. I wish more dentists gave you novelty gifts I know, like because that. because it is... They it's don't even give you a sticker it's anymore. It's a trying experience. They don't give you, you were, a tooth. They give you a toothbrush, but no. I don't need I don't that. You, I need I was, a sticker. When I was little, we had like a treasure wall. We could oh, pick we didn't from. have that. I think maybe I got a tooth, like two toothbrushes. Well, but never, never a T-shirt. So it's been a rough week, uh, but to celebrate being pain-free, we went to Magic Kingdom a few days ago. Mm -hmm. Saw the new this Halloween. year's Halloween decorations. Got a great dessert in Liberty Square. Yep, that was awesome. And we just got back from a local brewery in downtown Orlando, the Ivanhoe Brewery. And the Hammered Lamb, we went there for lunch. Shout out to those two places. Mm -hmm. They were the first time we'd been there. And they had a, a brewery called Shuck It Trebek, which it's was our favorite one. Suck It Trebek, not yeah. Shuck It, not like corn. Well, if you watch the SNL skit, he says it in a very Sean Connery way. Oh. So maybe you should watch the clip I guess and so. not correct me. Right. Well, and maybe I'm wrong, guys. Maybe the public can tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's a shuck it, Trebek. <laughs> uh, well, great introduction. Um, so we're back for episode four, part two. Again, this week we are talking about Austria and Germany. Last week we left off leaving Slovakia. Uh, we did have one activity in Austria, which we mentioned, but now really we're getting into um, the majority of the river cruise, which did take place in Austria, which I believe as we go through the stories that we have here, this is probably where you and I had our, our best time, mm -hmm. this kind of middle to end section of the trip itself. We started getting into the groove of yeah. this lifestyle of being on the river cruise, having a great dinner, breakfast, and then like 
up at 7 a.m. and then yeah. off on an adventure. Yeah, and we'll go through a couple things as we talk about the activities. We were up early every single day. Um, this is not like a cruise where, well, I mean, I guess you can. You can choose yeah, not to do anything. Yeah, there are people that anything. chose, like, we're just going to hang out on the boat. But the great thing about the river cruise is that all the activities are included. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why would you not go? The Where you go, the destinations on the river cruises is the star of the show. Um, so we chose to do as much as we possibly could. So as we were leaving Bratislava, Slovakia, we hopped on a bus. We did the uh, Schlosshof Palace tour, which we discussed last week. They then bussed us where we spent the night in Vienna, Austria. So we woke up essentially the next day in Vienna, which is where this uh, episode will start here. So our first activity in Vienna, um, it, well, I'm sorry, excuse me, I'll just back up a little bit. We always like to give a few fun facts about the city that we were going. You and I obviously had never been to Vienna before. This place blew us away because I remember it being huge. Mm -hmm. It was very New York City-like. Yeah, we had no idea because all we have seen up until this point is small, small towns. towns, riverside of the Danube, and this was our first experience into huge city Europe life. So disclaimer, our Small Towns Big Adventures podcast is taking a break to be big town, big adventure in yeah, Europe yeah. for just a moment. Budapest was a big city. Vienna was a, a yeah. big city. But the activities that we did really got us out of the hustle and bustle of downtown Vienna. It is the capital of Austria. It's also Europe's financial capital. Uh, one third of Austria's population resides there. So it is hugely populated. And I think one of the coolest things that we found out uh, when we were in Vienna was since 2005, it has been in the top three highest quality of life cities. So people love living there. It offers great things uh, for businesses and people. And probably your favorite fun fact, because in your graduate classes that you're doing now, you're learning all about this guy. Famous past citizens of Vienna, Austria include your boy Beethoven, not the dog, Mozart, and the world's first psychoanalyst, Sigmund Freud. So our first activity in Vienna is going to be, they call it a city bus tour, which they really killed two birds with one stone because this was the actual bus ride to right. the location that mm -hmm. we were actually going, which was the historic Schönbrunn Palace. But on the way there, what they told us normally would take like 30 minutes. I remember distinctly being like an hour and a half. Yes, it was very long. And it was just, I think the streets there are tinier. And so like being on this big bus next to these yeah. cars, I was just like, oh my God, I don't know how anyone's not going to die right now. But our local tour guide that was on the bus, which you'll have everywhere you go, was giving us great facts about the buildings we were passing, uh, all the streets we were, were enjoying. But I'm pretty sure I remember the bus driver telling us that there was a presidential motorcade that day and so they were starting to close streets mm -hmm. which is the reason that it took a little bit longer but the great thing about adventures by disney is you have no idea how hard those tour guides are working like behind, behind the, scenes. the scenes yeah so it was just okay we had a long bus ride here we are at this cool palace they I'm, do all the work without yeah. sweating a drop i just remember there was this one guy there he was just constantly always i feel like he always got picked or to be the one who always was dealing with the most stress like he, every time there was like a delay or something it was like mm -hmm. his day to shine yep. and that poor guy was like on the phone talking to the places we were going to yep. the bus driver the the boat so applause for them yeah. for being so awesome and yeah they did a great job steady. because the key to being a good facilitator or a tour coordinator is to make it look like everything is happening that's supposed to be happening and we 
kind of being in the customer service industry for a while, hospitality industry, you and I had no Making, idea there were yeah. any hiccups throughout the seven days, I thought. So our first actual tour was the historic Schönbrunn Palace. A couple fun facts. It is the number one most visited site in Vienna. It was a uh, listed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site back in 1996. What Disney movie came out that year? I know you probably know. Um, I want to say Hunchback of Notre Dame or Pocahontas. I go to you for that because I don't know. Uh, but we had a privately guided tour of the Schönbrunn Palace and everywhere you go with Adventures by Disney and I'm fairly certain with most other river cruise companies we saw each group that goes to these places they do give you your own tour guide so they're not just letting you walk through the front door and saying here have fun it is a sanctioned tour mm -hmm. um, and you get the full experience it's very nice uh, but Schönbrunn is translated to beautiful spring is what that means now uh, and the buildings going along with our weekly joke they date back to the middle ages and this site was actually originally discovered in 1569 that's not a real year right 1569 and i think we actually go someplace a little bit later in this episode that's even older than that i think so far that's the the fakest year that we've come across 1569 so we had this great uh tour of the historic Schönbrunn palace i'd say we were probably there for two hours uh lindsay you and i love historical places, tours, and things like that. It was very hot. No air conditioning. No air conditioning again. During a heat wave. During a heat wave. But and I, and during a non-pandemic, and there was yeah. also crowds. So I just remember it being so crowded in there. And we sound petty when we say it was a heat wave. It was legit a heat wave. Yeah. Like, like people, There was a lot of people Europe. that died during that heat wave because those people that lived there weren't used to yeah, it. And it like awful. older people passed away and everything. It was and we are not used to going to places without air conditioning. Without air conditioning. So it was... When it's 90 it was, degrees outside. It was unique. But the coolest parts, I think, about the Schönbrunn Palace are the two things that we got to do outside of just going in the palace itself. The first, you and I really had no idea what was happening, but it turned out to be one of our favorite things, was a marionette show. I love that. Hashtag not a puppet, because you don't put your hand in it and mm -hmm. talk. It's a marionette where they have the it's strings. like Pinocchio. Yeah, exactly. So on the grounds of the Schönbrunn Palace, they have the Marionette Theater Schönbrunn. It is a 60-seat, very tiny, very quaint very old marionette theater. We got a private show uh, with just our little group divided. So there was probably 20 of us maybe, mm -hmm. I'd say. The marionettes that they were using and the art itself dates back 250 years and is a favorite pastime of uh, the Vienna population. All of the marionettes, the clothing, the sets are all handmade by the people that we saw that day. The two founders, and one of them we actually got to talk to, Christine and Werner, they are husband and wife, fun fact. Um, we had a brief conversation with Christine. She gave us a little behind the scenes look after the show was complete. It was just like a 20 minute mm -hmm. show just to kind of whet our appetite of what marionettes were. But we got to go behind the stage. And then afterwards, you were much better at it than me, <laughs> I think. We got to try our hand at actually controlling the marionettes. Yes, and I, I don't remember if it was the one I had, but they actually had a marionette of Mozart and yes. so I remember that was like everyone wanted to play with the Mozart marionette. This particular theater has about eight different shows and they perform 300 shows a year. So if you're in Vienna, you don't necessarily have to take a tour of the palace, but you can go to this small theater, which we loved. It was old wooden seats 
It looked almost kind of like a storage closet. <laughs> like it was so small. But quaint but it storage was, no, closet. Yeah, in the best way. <laughs> uh, but they also do tours around the world and many other countries as well, including Aladdin. They have Ooh. a kids version and a adult version I saw on their website. Nice. But when we were watching this show, you can tell that these guys are obviously professionals. Believe it or not, Lindsay, it takes two years to quote unquote get your marionette <laughs> certification. And Christine, I could have been working on that yeah, during, this, during this time. Christine and her husband, Werner, uh, they do again 300 performances a year, but they are responsible for training all of the staff that comes in and out of that theater. So it's a very hands-on place. It, was, it felt very family-esque mm -hmm. when we went in there. Um, it was really cool. That, and we, you and I would never get the chance to see that ever again. I don't know where a marionette show yeah. is. I mean, I'm sure there are. Now I feel bad for not knowing it, but... Yeah, I mean, we can buy a, one at Walmart, probably, if we wanted to. <laughs> or the China Pavilion at Epcot has some. Yes, but... But not, yeah, this was This, was this had a stage. This was special. Theatrical lighting. As if a great historic palace tour and a once-in-a-lifetime marionette show were not enough. Our tummy started growling, and in typical Disney fashion, they already knew that we were all hungry. So they took us down this, we opened this door, we walked down this flight of stairs. All of a sudden, we're in this beautiful, like, underground cafe. Turns out it was the Schaumbrunn's Palace's cafe residence, and every hour, they do a hands-on demonstration and tasting of apple strudel. <laughs> Those are so good. So we had a, like a, a private cafe. It was beautifully set for us too when we went in there, you know, tablecloths. Um, I feel like they had coffee. Yeah, they and had I coffee, remember espresso. being thrilled about that. Yeah, they had coffee, they had espresso, um, bottles of water for us, which are really nice. But then a chef from the Chambrun Palace from this restaurant came up and did a 30-minute demonstration. Uh, he brought a kid up from the group, mm -hmm. so they got to, to be interacted with, which was great. Uh, and then, of course, we got to eat it mm -hmm. while we were there, which was delicious. And I will admit, I don't like apple desserts. I'm not a big apple pie fan. I don't love apple strudel. But this was good. This yeah. was, like, delicious. I think I ate <clears throat> mine and half of yours. It was fresh. Yeah, that's what was the best about I remember about the, it. the chef, the facilitator, he was so funny. He was so nice. In typical Central Europe fashion, his English was perfect, mm -hmm. uh, making us all look bad who were there. Uh, but we had a great time. So it, on the grounds itself was a beautiful palace tour, a private marionette show, a apple strudel making demonstration, and they have a bunch of other restaurants that you can enjoy. So what we thought was just going to be one tour of a location turned out to be really a half day of great activities. After the Apple Strudel demonstration, uh, Adventures by Disney and Animal Waterways, they gave us uh, some time on our own in Vienna because I think you mentioned it last week. Like We love doing all of these sanctioned activities, not having to think about it, but it's also really nice to be by yourself for a little while because you are with strangers most of the time, which turned out we met them and we still keep in touch with some of them today. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, you know, you always want to have some private time, which is nice. Uh, so we had some on-our-own time in Vienna. I'm pretty sure you and I found an Italian restaurant. Yes. I had pizza. Because our guy told us, he's like, yeah, everyone thinks we have to have, like, like schnitzel, schnitzel and all that. But actually, the Italian food in Vienna is really good. And he was from, one of them was from 
Austria, yep. and I think he currently lived in Vienna yep. when he wasn't doing his uh, Disney went for Adventures by Disney. So in typical Justin fashion, I got a pizza. You had pasta, pasta olive oil pasta. Yes, it was so good. Because in Europe, red sauce really isn't a thing. And now I understand why it's yeah. so much better with and olive oil. And you made that last week for us here yes. at the house, and it was delicious. So while we were on our own in Vienna, we had seen online and gotten some recommendations from the tour guides about this really pretty park called Stad Park, just a nice big green space in downtown the Vienna. The central park yeah. of Vienna, probably. So we wanted to go. And you and I, I'll say this without being pompous, we're pretty expert travelers. You know, we can get around trains, airports, no big deal. And so far it was perfect going up until this point because most of the signs do have some English, not in this case. So we were getting on the metro, the underground, subway, whatever you want to call it, to try to find Stad Park. What happened? Um, ten stops later, because we looked at a map mm -hmm. and... All German. All German. And all of the stops had like 26 letters yep. in the words. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, that green circle looks like the park. So I think it's this stop. And of course, there's like lines going all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I thought we were going on we were going on the right train which we did go on the right train we did yeah um but 10 stops later i'm like this we're like on this really for a really long time i don't think it was that yeah. far and we could tell looking out the window we were definitely in the burbs of yes. vienna so we eventually just got off and we were not near a park and no. we could see the city skyline in the distance yeah, we, were very, too. we might have been in hungry who knows i don't know but i just know like we walked out and it wasn't a bad area, nothing like that. But you could just tell that this isn't a spot that tourists go. This is a true local spot. Yeah. Because even, and we were also hungry, like for real food. Mm -hmm. or I think, I actually think we went to the Italian restaurant after this. Because I feel like I was hungry because I remember looking at menus. And usually all of these places had an English menu mm -hmm. and a German menu. But the area that we were in had zero English menus. And I thought to yep. myself... Even if we asked for help from any of these people, they probably don't speak English. So um, I also had my bathroom encounter at the train stop that we got off. Um, I remember them telling us that we had to pay like in coins to use a toilet. Yeah, so in Europe, fun fact, in like public restrooms or in train stations, you typically have to pay public a bathrooms. couple of euros because they uh, want, it, it's a good revenue for the city, good revenue for the government. But people oftentimes sometimes say that Europe can sometimes smell a little bad. We did not find that to be the case. But the reason for it is because whether it be the homeless population or if you are walking down the street and you gotta go to the bathroom but you don't have any money. Yeah, you just go. You can't go to the restroom without paying. So Yeah, so I had to go. You and did. so I remember <laughs> I walked I walked to the women's restroom and I remember seeing this lady in like it looked like an office. That was in between the male and the female restrooms. And I remember walking by and I could see into the male restroom, which I thought was weird, but I was like, whatever. I go in, go into a stall, and I'm having trouble closing it. And all of a sudden I hear, hello. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> hi, what's And up? the woman, I don't think she knew much English, but she was just like, put her hand out. And I was like, oh yeah, money. I gotta yeah. give you money. And Fortunately, we had money, and fortunately, I had the money in my purse because I don't think you. We typically didn't bring much with us when we got off the mm -hmm. boat. 
Um, but I fortunately had enough euros to go pee, so I peed. <laughs> um, and then I remember being mad at you, or just mad at the process, because right. you went to the bathroom, and I was like, oh crap, Like he probably didn't go because he didn't have the money. No, men <laughs> can pee for free in their bathrooms, but it was if, just just that one mm-hmm. at that time. But as a woman, I had to pay <laughs> to pee. That was some well, BS, if you ask me. We had to pay in the Strasbourg McDonald's. I do remember paying for so, the McDonald's. That I had a turnstile. I remember that. That was a nice one. So, as Lindsay mentioned, we take a train 30 minutes the wrong way. We get back on it. And we're like, okay, if we can't find this place, we at least need to go back to where we see buildings. <laughs> uh, turns out, instead of going 10 stops east... All we had to do was go one stop west. We really could have walked there in five minutes. Yes. But we found the park. It was beautiful. We walked around, got some gelato. I got really good at ordering ice cream in German. That's the only thing that I learned uh, throughout the week, which was nice. When we got back to the ship after on our own time, this was, I remember, a big case of FOMO for both of us. Because, again, we mentioned Adventures by Disney and On the Waterways. You really get three options in the morning and typically three options in the afternoon or in the evening. And that evening, we had two really great options. The first one was to attend a traditional Mozart concert back at the Schönbrunn Palace in a 1,400-foot, 1,400-room Baroque Palace theater. So you and I could have gone and watched a symphony in a... In Vienna. In Vienna, in a million-year-old palace. Not a million years old, but yeah, pretty old. To the traditional young folk like us, that may not seem cool, but just given the setting we were in and looking back on it. Like when in Rome, when in Vienna, you go to a Mozart concert. And looking back on it, you and I did not have the clothes to do that. No. (laughs) Because it was so hot. We put on three different outfits a day, I think, just to stay as fresh as we could. But the second option that we got, and we chose this, and I think this turned out to probably be... And I think our guide strongly yeah. pushed us to this yeah. because he knew. I was just, I remember talking to him, I'm like, oh, but I love music. And he's yep. like, but you like wine, right? This is what I think you should do. Yeah, the tour guides, there were five of them, mm-hmm. uh, maybe. But they oddly do a really great job of getting to know all of the guests and things like that. And they can tell. It's part of their job to observe. Yeah. And they, you know, if you're fun, if you converse with them, things like that, you know, they try to nudge you in the right direction and they got it right. So that night, Lindsay and I opted to visit a traditional wine house, which is called a Ureig. In German, that means of today's harvest. So basically, it is a place where you go and get the freshest wine from the vineyard where your actual wine house is. This place was about 20 minutes outside of Vienna. We hopped on a bus at the ship. Lord knows where we're going. <laughs> they opened the door 20 minutes later, and we got get out at this like quaint it, farm village. It looked like a fantasy land it was, street. It was gorgeous. It looked like a fairy tale. In typical Disney fashion, they walk us right through where all the public are, right to this private courtyard, these beautiful tiny tables. There's... Uh, Austrian guys playing the accordion. They're singing to us. I, thanks to Lindsay's nudging of the musicians Actually, there, it was more of our new friends nudging. That's true. Be- we- well, I feel like we're jumping ahead because there's a reason why Justin picks up the accordion, but we'll get well, to that. So we sit down in this beautiful courtyard and they just 
drop vats of wine and bread, and bread at and every like table. Cheese? It was some kind yeah. of dip, bread dip, mm -hmm. and it was amazing. So they just keep bringing vats of wine, baskets of bread, olive oils, uh, different cheeses, and they just say, okay, the bus leaves in three hours. <laughs> Here so we go. We had free reign of this beautiful Uraig, uh, and the one that we went to, I wrote it down because you and I kind of picked up on this very quickly. Adventures by Disney doesn't tell you individual restaurant names or what tour companies they use, partly because they don't want you to go without them, you know, money, uh, but secondly, because things can change. But the one you and I went at, and the way I found it is because there was a very small sign in the background of one of the photos that you took. Uh, we went to, I wrote it down here, and of course, oh yes, here it is, the Schreiber House Uraga. And it was, again, about 20 minutes outside of Vienna. And they just said, you have full reign of the vineyard. We got to go out uh, into the actual vineyard area and walk up and down uh, the vines, the vineyard. The vineyard. The vineyard area. And the vines. The, the grapes. Um, but that night, it was just music. It was drinking. It was laughing. That's where we really kind of got to know some of the fellow guests that were on the ship for the first because night. alcohol makes you a little bit more yeah. loose you start talking to people because i don't know if he shared this yet at the very beginning of this cruise we're like we don't really want to make friends with people like yeah. we just want to like stick to ourselves like we didn't have to eat with people at dinner like let's just like enjoy this by this night we you were like putting your arm around people and <laughs> swinging like wine glasses back and forth in the vineyard like you were you were instant bffs yeah we met a few couples uh one of them we still keep in touch with today and when they come to orlando we've met up with them a couple times and i think that's probably a thing that's unique to adventures by disney i'm sure a lot of the kids that go on these cruises you and it's i like could tell camp. Yeah, like they, you they just were, become friends yeah. after a week they were making close friends you know we chatted with the kids a lot mm -hmm. um and we have a fun story involving the kiddos on the last night of the cruise i don't know how you and i got roped into that but we did so up until this point i think this was probably you and i's favorite night um so again if you happen to find yourself in vienna the schronbrunn palace we had a great morning there. We loved the marionette show. The apple strudel was out of this world. And then finally, again, to cap off our wonderful day at the uh, Schreiberhaus Uraga, which again, is just a place where you get wine. But you didn't talk about the accordion. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Um, so these two Austrian guys are serenading our group really- With a violin, accordion. Yeah, uh, a violin, an accordion, they're singing. And I remember at you know, that was like at the beginning, I, at the end of the night, I just remember them being there and yep. I remember being a little wasted with our new friends. <laughs> and I remember um, people were trying to like, they're like, okay, the buses are here. We have two buses. So like, we'll like break you up into groups. And so like, I think somehow we got ended up in the, the second group. So we were just like waiting around yep. and our new friend was like, hey, Justin, do you know how to play the accordion? You should learn how to play the accordion. And she goes up to the accordion <laughs> musician and says, hey, can he, can he play your accordion? And the guy's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And he just gives you and the just accordion just so he could smoke a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you and I love music. We're fairly musical, I think. You're, you played piano growing up. I played guitar growing up. I dabble on the ukulele. Accordion is so unique. I've never picked up one. First off, the damn thing weighs 100 pounds. And it's so beautiful and ornate. I'm like, if I drop this thing... We're getting deported. I just were, I don't know what I loved more. The fact that our new friends forced you to yep. play the accordion or the fact that the guy was like, 
yeah, sure. And he just sits down and smokes a cigarette yeah. as if this is completely normal. It was such a fun night. That was really the first night where you and I kind of said, okay, this is going to be an awesome week. Some of the folks that we're traveling with are like us. We can chat with them. Um, but again, big tip that we learned from today is if you find yourself on a river cruise or with Adventures by Disney and you go to a place that you fall in love with, write down the name of where you are because they won't tell you what it is. Yeah, because I remember my sister, like crazy enough, went to Vienna yeah. the same year. Yeah. And she was like, what can I do? And I was like, you need to go to this winery that we went to. And it took me a long time to figure it out where yeah. it was, but yeah. That, that place was amazing. That was such a fun night. It was such a fun night. We wake up the next morning in a different area of Austria in a location that is known as the Wachau Valley which is famous for its apricots. So a lot of the wine that we would have at dinner and some of the activities that guests could do for the next couple days were focused on apricots. Like for instance, one group one day got to go to an apricot farm um, in Melk, Austria, M-E-L-K. Fun fact, that's exactly how Lindsay pronounces the word milk. Cookies and milk. That's not a thing. Cookies and milk. It's a city, but it's not the stuff that you I get here. I got so excited. And I don't... I don't remember if it was a port or just a small town we visited on this trip. I remember there being a place called Linz, yeah, Austria. Yeah, that's next. You're just getting Oh, ahead sorry, because it. it's L-I-N-Z, like my name. So yeah. I just felt like I was, felt very connected to yeah. Austria. So we're in Melk, Austria. We've entered the Wachau Valley. One of the morning activities, as I just mentioned, a lot of folks went to a local apricot farm uh, because that is the uh, produce of that region. You and I later that day got an apricot soda Mm-hmm. Which that was, was good. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. But we chose to go on a morning hike. And I remember I remember there being a another option of people biking to the next destination. Wasn't it this morning where I remember like you had the option to go to the apricot farm, do You're what we did. You're reading on the script, aren't you? Or take a five mile maybe more mile bike ride sorry i just got sorry all these memories are flying back i give Lindsay the script and i never five look at minutes it before we do the podcast because that's what she wants it. and then when she's like oh i hate the sound of my voice i'm so nervous to record and then all of a sudden you just start going off i don't read scripts i know you don't instead of going to the apricot farm apricot farm you and i opted for a morning hike with the other group to a very beautiful 12th century uh, castle ruins called Dernstein. The small town of Dernstein where we were hiking was really, really cool. They had this beautiful blue cathedral that was there, a small vineyard uh, where the apricots were uh, right off the ship. I remember walking up there, which was really great. Much like our Budapest argument, this was the... um, the fuel for our second big argument of the trip. If you recall last week's episode, Lindsay, apparently, since I had never been to Budapest before, but booked the trip, I knew everything there was to know about Hungary. Uh, This time, what should I wear for this hike? And I'm over here like, you know, I don't know. This is a river cruise. How bad could it be? Yeah, it's not a rigorous hike. Yeah. And I remember being chilly as in like because and i'm cold when it's below 70 or below 75 i was like how hard can it be like there's elder statesmen that are yeah there were older people on this hike with us uh we walk from the ship you know maybe 15 minutes to the base of the hike of where we're going up to the ruins of dernstein castle 
It was about a 30-minute hike, I'd say. Um, this was not a walk in the park. This was a very steep road. Mm -hmm. Since you were, quote, chilly, I distinctly remember you wearing pants and that day. And I wore sandals because I thought it was going to be a casual hike. It was anything but. So you, we start raging at each other. Oh, why didn't you tell me this was going to be such a bad hike? Why did you wear pants? It's a heat wave. Yeah, all the way up the mountain. 30 minutes later, we get to the castle ruins, and it is... The view is incredible, is and everything spectacular. is forgotten about. It was spectacular. You could see the river bend a couple mm -hmm. times from up there. Obviously, you're standing in on these castle ruins from the 12th century, however old that is. You can see down to the small town of Dernstein, Melk off in the distance, the beautiful vineyards that the other group is actually at and the farm that they're at right now uh, while we were there. But it was, that was the first time you and I had kind of probably stopped and said, holy cow, mm -hmm. look at where we are. Because when you see, you know, movies or documentaries about rural Central Europe, the hills of Austria, the hills are alive, this is where they were. Yes. It was incredible. As you just mentioned, after our hike, there were two options for guests. Number one, you could take a four-hour bike ride. Four hours? I thought it was four, four miles. Four-hour bike ride to go to the next destination and where the ship was going. And the only reason you and I opted not, A, heat wave, because you and I love bike riding. Mm -hmm. But four B, four hours. It's written right here on the Adventure by Disney website. See, that's what's confusing. Like, they give you some rigorous activities. Yep. But I remember you and I saying, you know what? You had the other option of taking a, quote, scenic sail, a.k.a. getting on the ship and going to where the bike riders were going to end up. Huge difference between river cruising and ocean liner cruising. There are no days at sea. So this was our chance to really sit back, enjoy the ship. You and I put our flip-flops on, uh, put our shorts on, and went up to the sun deck. Super hot. But we just sat down. We passed dozens of castles, the hills, small towns. small towns, vineyards, and the cruise director. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's a really good looking guy. I don't remember his name now. Oh, Shame I... on me. But the whole time we were cruising, he would go over the intercom and tell you facts about where you are. And I remember you and I, I think it was on the last night, he was sitting at dinner next to us. And I was just like, hey man, thank you for all of that great narration during the week. It was really interesting listening to you. He had such a good voice, like yeah. he could record audiobooks. But I remember him saying, thank you so much. I never know if anyone is listening to me. Um, so it's nice to hear that people are. But yeah, it was great. So we opted for the scenic sail because this was the only time that you really moved with the ship aside from dinner and overnight. And I recall there being a Sunday, ice cream Sunday buffet. Yes. I remember that yep. very strongly. That was cool. That was So yeah. you got to have like fancy ice cream. As you sat on the sun deck and watched medieval castles, and go, castles go by. Those poor crew members doing the ice cream social. It was so hot. We were basically just drinking milk and sprinkles. Milk. But milk. But it was really good. So a couple hours later, the ship docks. Um, I think this is where we stop in Linz, honestly. Oh, no. Sorry. That's the next day. So we're still in the milk area. The afternoon activity you and I signed up for was a Abbey tour, because 
when in Austria, you go to the abbeys. So we went to the local Milk Abbey. was founded in 1089. <laughs> what the hell is that? 1089? It's 2020 right now. That's almost a thousand years? Is that? It's... Is that right? It's under a thousand over a thousand i'm so we're so embarrassing with our math i i don't pretend it doesn't to matter it's a long it's a long time ago the milk abbey was founded in 1089 it holds the tombs of austria's first ruling dynasty that makes it sound even older than it probably is and it is currently a school and also a unesco world heritage site so we were touring that for about an hour that place is beautiful uh, i do remember it rained for a little bit while we were there so we got a little bit of break from the heat so the Abbey, we probably enjoyed a couple hour tour. It was very pretty. Uh, we got to go inside and outside. Took some great pictures of that place. I remember it was like a really pretty yellow mm -hmm. color. But if you were biking, you didn't get to do this. Yep, I so, remember that. Yeah, so we kind of killed two birds. And I got very excited because I have a daily calendar when I used to use calendars. And it was 1,000 places to see before you die themed. And one of the places was Milk Abbey. And I got very excited because oh. I was like, I've actually been there. Wow, that is pretty cool. So that was a really, really good day of really relaxing on the river, enjoying the ship, uh, taking that beautiful hike in the morning despite our, um, our uh, argument that morning. It was okay. After a beautiful dinner, as always on the ship. And again, that night we had some apricot wine mm -hmm. because that's the area that, that we tasty. were in. And I, that was such a cool thing. I'm not a, I don't know much about food or drinks. I'm trying to learn. But it was very impressive that each night dinners, they did get local fare and things like that from the regions where you were. So the next morning we wake up in Linz, Austria, L-I-N-Z, Lindsay. So obviously uh, you were hyped on that day. This was the day that our families were probably looking forward to the most because Linz is, was the docking area, the gateway to Salzburg and a small town called Muncie. You're from Indiana, so there's a Muncie, Indiana. So you're also real hyped. I think it's also, isn't it Muncie? Munz, Munz, Muncie, Muncie, I don't know. But the cool thing about Salzburg and Munz, Munze, Muncie, Muncie, is that the sound of music was filmed in those two cities, and part of the tours that you got to go were to visit those famous filming sites. That has been my mom and aunt's favorite movie since I can remember. I honestly think that was the first movie they ever made me watch. So, me, a 32-year-old bro chacho i know all the words to every song from that film so i was very excited also we hopped on a bus that morning and quickly you and i realized that we were going to a really beautiful place because this is the first location where we saw the alps they were stunning it was eight million celsius whatever it was it was so hot but in the distance you see these ginormous snow-capped mountains. It was incredible. We're driving on our way to the city of Muncie, Munze. We pull over for our lunch that's going to be included with the day. And I remember the giant, beautiful charter bus we were in pulls off the road and like goes up this dirt path, <laughs> zigzagging in the hills of Austria. He stops at what I would equate to like a small bed and breakfast, it looked like almost. 
you see like traditional Swiss Switzerland like a gingerbread house. Yeah, like traditional Switzerland like ski houses or mountain homes, ski lodges. That's exactly what it felt like we were. They put us up in this beautiful front porch overlooking the Alps. This crystal clear lake is below us. We see sailboats going. The food was amazing. And the biggest memory that sticks out is just how hot it was <laughs> sitting on that beautiful porch eating the food. It was so hot. And again, I don't know why I kept making this mistake. I remember wearing pants there. Yeah, you did. We had a I video. I think the problem is it was cool, aka like 75 degrees. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. We're going up to the Alps. Like, it won't yeah. be hot there. <laughs> and so I wore pants and that was a mistake again. Yeah. But I remember I brought shorts just in case I made a mistake. So that was what I learned from the day before. Yeah. And I remember this is where you were twirling like Maria von Trapp, The Hills Are Alive, uh, at this location. So that was the first time you got to twirl in yes. the hills, which was really nice. Um, <clears throat> and every single person on our cruise did yeah. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, everybody did it. We were all swapping phones. And the guys were other. encouraging it. They yeah. knew. Yeah. So after lunch, we go into the very quaint small town of Muncie. This is where the Abbey, uh, this is where the Muncie Abbey is, where they used for the Von Trapp wedding in Sound of Music. And you and I really liked that. We got to go in, and if I remember correctly, they might have been singing while we were in there, um, but it was a really pretty place. We got to go up and down uh, the aisles which were there. So after a little uh, small walking tour in Muncie, we got back on the bus and went to the very famous city of Salzburg. We got to do a tour of some of those Sound of Music locations. One, and probably the biggest one, was the Mirabel Gardens. That is the section of trees where the kids are climbing during that one scene of the film. And then also, just around the corner from there were those the famous steps. That she sang Do Re Mi. Yeah, and the kids were jumping up and down on. So that was, that was a, pretty cool. Yeah, that, that, that was cool. Like that movie has like touch hearts of Americans for generations. Of Americans. Yeah, and Americans. I remember, yes. I remember the guides that were from Austria, they're like we never understood the Americans' obsession with this movie. Yeah. So apparently it's just us that like it. Yeah. Uh, and I love that movie. So it was really, really cool to, to see those places uh, up close and personal. And a um, little touch of magic from Adventures by Disney. Uh, not sure if they do this with every trip or with every group, but they gave us a complimentary Sound of Music postcard booklet mm -hmm. to all the guests that were on the tour that day, which is really nice. And I remember the buses played the, the soundtrack the entire yep. time. <laughs> on the way there and on the way back. The other activity that we could have done if you remember, was a trip underground into like the salt mines of Austria. Looking back, it probably would have been really cool to see, but more so because it was underground and really cold down there. The people <laughs> yeah, said. I remember that. Yeah. We had a great day in Salzburg. We really just walked around on our own after a, a small tour there. You and I did go to McDonald's. I remember. And peed. And we had to use the restroom. We had a small argument there, I think, because we couldn't decide we really wanted to get something from a German or from an Austrian McDonald's, but we just didn't. Remember the buns being a black color? Yeah. Like they weren't regular hamburger buns, and there was also weird stuff. And I felt like it was just too weird for McDonald's <laughs> to get it. Yeah, we didn't want to waste our our 
precious euros on a McDonald's. So we used to instead of the McDonald's bathroom. Yeah, which, you know, okay. But the town of Salzburg, it was touristy. You know, there were a lot of name brand stores that you would recognize from here in the States, but obviously it was beautiful uh, at that location. And I remember all the tour guides were dressed up. Yes. Like the Von Trapp kids. So they had um, like blue and white striped shirts and little straw hats. So that was fun. They were so great. After a wonderful day in Munzee, Munsee, Monsee, in Salzburg, Austria, we wake up the next morning in Passau, Germany. Uh, Passau, in translation, means three rivers because this is actually where three major rivers converge the Danube, the Inn, and the Ills rivers. Uh, and you can actually see them all from a bridge that you and I walked across, which was really pretty. But that morning we had a great uh, city walking tour led by another costumed local tour guide. This guy looked like a pirate. Yeah. I think he was a bigger dude. He had one of those cool, like, Jack Sparrow hats on. The feather in it. Yep. He had a beard. Yep. It was really cool, though. We got to walk around Passau, and this was one of the more storybook-looking places, I'd say. And I remember one of my favorite parts of the tour was they said, look down on the ground, and there was like different cobblestones that were colored, like mm-hmm. a blue, a green, mm-hmm. and it was like a trail, and it led to an art store, yep. and I just thought that was so yeah. cool. It was really cool. Um, you and I loved, that city was very hilly, I remember, uh, but it was a really great way uh, to experience that, and that city is smack on the river. You can walk right up to the banks of it, as you could with most places. Uh, but because there were three rivers here, it, it felt a little more, it felt a little closer than it probably was. But one of the great places that we also got to visit during the walking tour was the local St. Stephen's Cathedral. Uh, we got to hear the famed pipe organ that is there. There are uh, 17,000 pipes in that pipe organ. I don't, that sounds like a crazy number to me. I mean, I don't know anything about organs, but wow. But I remember we got to hear them play it. And also the chorus was also singing as we were walking through there, which was beautiful. After a great walking tour with our pirate tour guide, we went to a local cafe called Cafe Simone Simon. We had a marzipan making class. I still to this day have no idea what marzipan is. I didn't eat it then. I've never eaten it before and since. But basically it's this kind of local dough creation thing where you roll it out kind of like cake batter, you mold it into a shape or a sculpture. They had us do pigs. They were good luck pigs. They were good luck pigs. Because you put a little coin in its mouth. So we got to take home a little souvenir uh, marzipan that we made with a little coin on it. And then afterwards, you and I went back uh, to that same place, got some gelato. It was great. And I remember that... Uh, that cafe was next to a elder or a, like a not a like a not a not a nursing home, but like a older living yeah, like a home, community. Uh, yeah, so there was like my dream. Yeah, was so to there live was in. so there were some elder uh, locals sitting out there watching us all do it, which was kind of fun. Uh, but Passau was really great. That was the that was our first crossing into Germany, where we would uh, kind of have uh, our final day, basically. So after we had our marzipan making class obviously we had a great lunch uh, on the ship but the evening activity again with the FOMO Adventures by Disney just kills it with the type of activities that you can do we had two great choices for the evening activities number one if you remember it was a ropes course 
like mm -hmm. a, in a forest around that area, which I really wanted to go to. You talked me in, uh, talked us into going to option number two, which you were absolutely right. We should have done, as you say, when in Rome, when in Germany, you go to a brewery. Mm -hmm. So there was probably about 15 of us that loaded up on the party bus, and it was a lot of young, oh, yeah. a lot of young couples, things like that. No kids. Yeah, there were no kids. Uh, we drove about 20 minutes uh, outside of Passau and got a tour of the Alderbacher Brewery, and we also, of course, had a tasting. Really cool fun fact about the Alderbacher Brewery: founded in 1776. You know what else was founded in that year? America. Uh, America. What's up? This was a working, still a working brewery and a museum. And it is also home to the Cistercian, I probably said that wrong, I apologize, the Cistercian Monastery. One of the things that we learned while we were on the tour is that the monastery produces beer uh, to sell to keep their uh, practice going, which was kind of fun. So not only are you getting great authentic German beer, you're helping a good cause, basically. We had a great 30-minute tour of the brewery itself. I remember one room where the big silver things are kept, whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's no air conditioning, but it was extra hot because they're, like, <laughs> boiling water, basically. Yes. So, man, it was, whew, it was rough in there. The end of the brewery tour, though, you finish in a beer house. Is there an authentic name for it? I'm sure there is. Yeah, I, I don't know why beer it's house. escaping me. This was Beer house. Be a house. This was definitely a local place because I remember <laughs> there was a dude with no shoes on just yeah. walking around like he owned it. There was a guy with no shirt on just sitting at like a table having a beer. old German men who just came from work, didn't bother to put their shoes back on and just nope. give me a stein and bam, yep. on they the wooden table. They didn't give a rip. And being here in the States, especially me, you see certain things from other countries that you assume happens there, but you don't know until you get there. They really do drink their beers out of giant steins. Um, we were given like two choices of beers, I think, that day. So typically, you would go into this beer house, you would select your beer and pay for it, but that's not how Disney does it. Everything is included with this river cruise. So we just got in line and they just started pouring beer for everybody. You could choose a... Dark beer? It was like mostly dark beers. I think there were more than two options because I remember them listing them off and I was just like, uh. and this is where, this was another regret I had from this trip, but it was, it's Not a memorable me. one. Not for me, but that's fair. Because again, when in Rome, when in Germany, if you're going to drink a German beer, you got to have the darkest beer that there is. Of course. But because it's a heat wave, I Ooh. don't want a dark beer. And mm -hmm. so they were listing off the beers like this, 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 shandy. I'll take it and two please two please and I'll just never forget the guy the barkeep's face when you a male ordered a <laughs> shandy in Germany and I think he and our tour guide had a little German conversation and yeah. they started laughing and yeah. I'm pretty sure they made fun of you oh, probably me too but probably mostly did. you yeah absolutely they did you and I I think each maybe had one and a half steins People we were with, there was a dad and son at our table. I think they did five each. Yeah. These things are because like it was a, all included. They're a foot tall. They're huge, and they weigh like ten pounds. And they brought us homemade pretzels. Oh, the pretzels! You know how when we go to restaurants in the states, we get chips and salsa or rolls. They get pretzels there, and again, it's one of those things that you assume happens in Germany, but you don't know until you've been there. They get pretzels before most of their meals, and those pretzels. 
homemade. Mm, so good. So good with that shandy. And the tour guide of the brewery was a very small old lady. And she sat down next to me, I remember, and she goes, are you sure you want that shandy in her German accent? I said, yes, ma'am, I'm totally fine. Like, trust me, this is what I want. And it's delicious. And then she brings over a sample stein yeah. of the dark <laughs> beer. sample stein. And I, I take a sip and I'm just like, oh, Lindsay, I can't. This is gasoline is what I'm drinking. Uh, but that place was super cool. The Aldersbacher Brewery. When we got back to the ship later that night, Adventures by Disney and Ama Waterways had prepared one final activity for the river cruise to kind of round out this wonderful week. And it was, I'll say like an all-inclusive Oktoberfest. Everybody was invited, kids, adults, what have you. The crew was there. And right outside the ship, they had this huge private tent set up for us with picnic tables on the inside. They gave us a more steins of beer. I did have a lot of that beer, mm-hmm. I remember, because I started dancing with the entertainment that was yeah. there. They gave us steins of beer, pretzels, food. There were uh, German dancers there. The accordion guys were there. And it was just this big celebration <laughs> to say, thanks for coming. We had yeah. a wonderful week. It was so much fun. And it was at that point where we were all drinking, but... You were just like saying goodbye to your friends. Yeah. It was like the end of summer camp, whether you were an adult or a child. Everyone was just having, like, everyone was so happy but sad. It was very sad. And you and I touched on it last week. The specialness and the uniqueness and the size of this vacation is not lost on us. And when you were saying goodbye to your tour guides essentially that night and the people you had met, it was emotional because you go to all these different countries you're in this ship you know you're always 10 feet next to somebody basically um but it was really emotional we did not want to leave we had Mm -hmm. such a wonderful time and we talk about this trip weekly i'd say all the time if we come across a photo or whatnot we just say man that was a great trip after a great oktoberfest outside the ship we wake up the next morning in vilshoven which is kind of the gateway to munich That is the closest place that the ship can get to the closest large city, airport, Munich, München in German. Essentially, the ship turns around that day and does the exact opposite of what we did. Adventures by Disney is great with getting people to and from the airports where they need to go. It's all included, the transportation typically. Most folks were either going to the Munich airport. Most folks were going to a hotel in downtown Munich that was partnering with Adventures by Disney. You and I, again, referencing last week's flight debacle, had a very late night flight from Germany to London. And then the next morning, we were going back Mm -hmm. to Florida. Yes. So you and I took the bus to downtown Munich to the hotel. We weren't staying at the hotel with everybody. We didn't have a flight that we needed to spend 10 hours at the airport. And we were like, hey, is there any way that you can take us to downtown Munich to the hotel? And they're like, yeah, we'll just hop on. Turns out we were too over the limit for one of the buses, so they gave us our own bus. Yes, it was so... We had a, we were on the bus that was dropping off at the airport oh, yes, only. you're right. Because yes. I remember we went to the airport because, again, we were, somehow got stuck with kids. I remember... I don't remember... There was, like, two sisters. Yeah. And we they were just, like, probably 12, and somehow we bonded on this, like, two-hour bus ride. 
And I got really sad when they left. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, goodbye, friends. But yeah. They were going to the Czech Republic. Yeah, they were extending their um, international travel adventure. Um, But yeah, I remember we were on the bus that was going to the airport. And then because we didn't fit on the hotel bus, this poor bus driver, his job was to take me and you to downtown Munich. There's 100 seats on the bus, and it's just you and me. We go down the interstate. We're enjoying the beautiful countryside of Germany. You see a soccer stadium? I see the Bayern Munich soccer stadium. So I asked the guy, he's like, yeah, Bayern München, Munich. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, We get into the heart of downtown Munich. There's a, we stop at a red light. 30 minutes go by because there's a- a, Like a parade or something. A pride parade going across the street. So this poor bus driver is just navigating these already narrow roads with this Big ass bus with And just he the two did of us. not speak much English. I, I think know. you only said blah 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 stadium. He's yeah, like, soccer. yeah, blah 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 yeah, stadium. stadium. And that was it. And like this is one of those moments where I'm like, I have no idea where I am. I don't know what Munich really looks like. I don't know how far we are from the hotel. I don't know what the name of the hotel is. And if I needed to get help, I don't know how because yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna understand me. So we get to the hotel. It is gorgeous uh inside. You and I walk in. We clearly aren't supposed to be there, but we have our Adventures by Disney lanyards on, so they let us walk on in because there's people that are about to get on that bus to go to the ship, so we use the restroom and things like that. It was very nice to get some AC uh, for essentially the first time outside the ship in eight days. And then you and I just walk around downtown Munich for the next six hours. Just go in and out of side streets. Yep. You wanted to get some more authentic German food, mm-hmm. so we found this really quaint restaurant in some random alley. You, we got a beer because in Germany, is beer with every meal. I mean, I remember we got pretzels. Yeah, we got pretzels. I want to say you got. I got schnitzel. Schnitzel. I should have gotten that. You, I think you wanted to order. I did. German meatloaf. Yeah, it said German meatloaf. And on there. because I mean, and I applaud it. You really tried to just pronounce the words in German like you wanted to speak German if you've seen Passport to Paris with Mary-Kate and Ashley Poisson means fish Boisson means drink so instead of ordering a coke they bring her a full fish that's kind of what happened here so instead of getting German meatloaf you got a cold sausage salad which all I can it just looked like it was like a cut bowl. up slices of sausage in a vinaigrette that was like ice cold it was the worst meal I have ever had in my 32 years of living. That's I all I can say. The restaurant was amazing. I thought it was tasty. I like I, sausage, though. It was it was awful, but the restaurant was so It was so quaint. quaint. Everything was wood and ornate, just and, like you would expect it. And just like, I mean, all of the places we visited, I just loved how... Everything was outside. Yeah. And I remember that, even though, because obviously it's a heat wave, no one wants to eat inside because there's no air. But I remember I went to the bathroom at this restaurant and like the whole outdoor patio was filled. But when I went inside, not a soul was in there. And it just yeah. seemed so weird because everyone eats outside there. It's just how it works. Even uh, during so heat wave. A few hours go by, we make it to the airport. Uh, we are taking EasyJet from Munich to London, uh, Gatwick. Apparently in Europe, you and I certainly had no idea, half the time to maybe accommodate for the amount of planes that go in and out, I don't know, but you'll go down the jetway and you'll get on a bus and that bus will drive you across the plane parking lot. As planes are driving next to you, another moment where I'm like, 
I don't know what's happening. Everyone's talking in German. Yep. And I just got put on this bus and now I'm driving next to a, a, a plane that's about to take off yeah. right now. So a few minutes later, they pull us up. We get out of the bus <clears throat> and we walk upstairs and get on the plane. There was a back and a front entrance. Yeah. I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could get in the front door or the back door of the plane. Uh, Easy Jet, kind of like the Spirit, I'd say. Spirit or maybe. Yeah, I'd say more Spirit than Southwest. But we had zero issues with them. Uh, it was cool because all their colors were orange. I remember mm-hmm. enjoying that. Uh, but yeah, it got us to Gatwick. So let's say we got to Gatwick, I don't know, let's say 10 o'clock at night. I think it was later because I feel like our flight was we, at like 10 p.m. We didn't have a flight from London to Orlando until. Like it was like I don't a 12 know, 3 hour. 3 o'clock maybe the next day. It yeah. was a 12 hour layover. So while we were sitting in. The Munich airport. We were looking at the London airport on our phones. You know, like, could like, we go to Big Ben for a <clears throat> moment? Yeah, could we take the take the tube to downtown London? And I remember it was like two in the morning, three in the morning yeah. that we would be there. So I'm like, I don't even know if like yeah. we could go. Turns out Gatwick is a lot farther away from other things. So we find on their website that they have a micro hotel, like a pod hotel called Yotel. Shout out to Yotel, uh, Y O T E L. And when I say pod hotel, I mean it was like a 10 by 10 room with a bed, a TV, and a bed. And the bed, you had to push a button for it to roll out completely because yep. that's how small the room was. Um, you can rent the rooms, if available, for night, like a regular hotel, or by the hour, ayo. <laughs> uh, but that's just so you don't pay extra a whole night stay yeah. if you just want to take a shower and get on take your a plane. Nap. We paid for, I think, six hours. Yep. We took a shower. Yep. We took a six-hour nap. And that was amazing. Was and perfect. I remember it was like a good price, too. Yeah, and they gave you free coffee in the morning as you're exiting. The lady was so nice working there. I felt it was like, in the airport. I felt like we were in a space capsule. Yeah. So, shout out to Yotel. You guys really came through at the end because we were going to be struggling if we had to sleep in the, um, in the chairs at the the gate basically more airports need that agreed our final leg of the journey was norwegian flight from gatwick to orlando because i'm fairly certain of the 737 max plane issue that was happening which apparently is still happening yeah still happening what is a large percentage of norwegian's fleet we were borrowing an airplane from another company not unheard of. It happens all the time. We get to the gate. The airplane pulls in. I, uh, I don't even... People aren't going to believe us when we say this. We have picture proof. A solid white airplane. No tail number. No logo. No paint. color. No paint. Yeah, It looked like it just came out of the factory. And I don't know much about the aviation... But I grew up around it. My dad is a big one. If it doesn't have a tail number, that means that's not a real airplane. Thank God I walk around to the other side and see it so I at least know this is a sanctioned aircraft. So this is a solid white piece of metal. We scan our passports. We get on the plane. You and I are in the last row. Whatever. The first thing we notice is the flight attendants, the stewardesses. They are beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a Portuguese company that we were partnering with. High Fly. High Fly. A a, uh, airline from Portugal that was partnering, that was taking us over the the ocean. The flight attendants were gorgeous. They were your 
stereotypical like international like had those cute little hats yep. nice little ties like just dressed so nice and like gorgeous we get our seats you know thank goodness we have a, a tv behind the seat you know that's what i love on international flights the door closes everything changes those fly attendants, and this is, I'm being dramatic, but I just remember them taking off their hats, like throwing them on the ground and saying like, we're not giving service to any of these people. Like yep. we got you on the plane and that's it. Cause like the service was so bad. It was so bad. And the plane, <clears throat> as you mentioned, like there was no brand or anything. Like the seats, there's no anything. Nothing. I think when I went to the bathroom, they like put the soap dispenser, like a little sticker that said <laughs> Norwegian Jet. Yep. And that was literally the yep. only thing that I knew about Norwegian Jet flight. So, so like most airlines, this is why we just love Southwest. One price, everybody gets the same seat. But I get it, you know, whatever. We were in the back of the plane. We got the cheapest ticket. We got the last ticket. So meals were not included with us. And thankfully, going over to Europe on Polish airlines, you knew how amazing international travel can be. Great food, wine, movies, hot towels, whatever. That did not exist here. It's we didn't sound, get free it's, anything. This is going to sound like we're making this up. We did not get water. We did not get soda. We did not get food because whatever we wanted to order was sold out because we were, we were the last row to get serviced when it came to ordering food for pay. And I don't think I'm being that... I don't think I'm exaggerating that much, but I think like six hours into the flight, they said, oh, did you want something? Like usually in the first two hours, you yep. at least get told, hello, welcome. The only thing that was important is we land in Orlando, we're safe, whatever. We did come to Orlando, right? That's where yes, it, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I remember this young couple in front of us was on the flight getting ready to go through customs and they were already emailing and on the phone with Norwegians saying they didn't get water they didn't get anything to eat on a seven hour flight. And I did email Norwegian, told him the story. And because you and I work in hospitality, I laid it out very plainly. I don't like to come across as rude. We didn't get anything back, whatever. It sucked. That was a rough day. I think if I had that flight going over oh, yeah. on top of the whole like Budapest argument that we had, I probably wouldn't have gone on the boat. It's very possible that you would not have. But we make it to Orlando, we come back, we have a great trip. Eight whirlwind days of jet setting through Europe. You and I visited Hungary, Slovakia, Austria, Germany. We have technically stepped foot in we England. We slept in London. We slept in London. What really sticks out to me for this trip, as we just kind of mentioned, was obviously just how special it was. Really looking back, one of the great things that sticks out was the last night of the river cruise. Uh, after our Oktoberfest, we sat down. You and I had been, for whatever reason, had our own table each night for dinner on the river cruise because we were fully expecting mm -hmm. to sit with people. But we always just went straight to the back, yeah. sat at the same table. We had the same server each night, which was awesome. Um, on the last night of the cruise, our table had been filled by people, so we were like, okay, we'll go and sit over here. I guess you and I looked down at the menu. Two seconds later when we looked up, we're surrounded by 10-year-olds. 10, 10 we are at the kids' table because all the adults who have made friends over the week. They've dropped their kids yeah. off. They're like, oh, those two, they, yeah. don't, they like kids. Yeah. Like, uh, the, give the, them. the young couple will hang out with them. This was June of 2019. My birthday was the week before we went on this trip. 
the kids are all sitting at this table. You know, they're chatting with us, they're whatever. Talking about their inside jokes from yeah, the week. Talking about Fortnite, whatever, whatever those kids are doing. And all of a sudden, over the speakers comes this like happy birthday music. Uh, and the serving staff drops off this beautiful giant birthday cake at our table. And they start singing, and all the kids are like, ha ha, Justin, we got you. We told him it was your birthday. Ha ha ha. And I was like, well, children, look at my driver's license. It is my birthday last week, so joke's on you. But for like two hours, we just sat there talking with these kids. And then later that night, we did karaoke with them uh, until like 2 a.m. Yeah, they always had fun nightly entertainment. Yeah. And if you give kids or adults a karaoke microphone... Yeah, give them a glass of wine and a microphone. Forget about it. Or some soda. Yeah, or soda. But this trip was so amazing. You and I would never be able to recreate this. Never thought that this would have ever been possible. And we essentially basically won the lottery. You know, uh, a family, some families had to cancel or whatnot, and you and I... We were, we were given this opportunity, do you want to book this? You have 10 days to do it. And because we just did it, mm -hmm. we now have these memories that we will take for the rest of our lives. We saw some of the most beautiful places, some of the most remote places that we thought we would probably never I go don't to. Think I, like I said, I never thought I would go to Hungary as my first ever I mean, how many times in your life have we trip. said the word Slovakia? <laughs> and now we've been there. Um, and you always kind of talk about it, like when you were telling your friends, you had never been to Europe before. You know, when most folks go, you look at the Eiffel Tower, the Leaning Tower, the Colosseum, Big Ben. That wasn't your first trip no. to Europe. And I'm really, fort I'm very fortunate to experience what we did. Because also being on a river cruise yeah, in Europe, like two people talk about like taking trains and planes and all this like cross country, but I got to do it on a river cruise. Yeah. And, and you, I don't know how I can do Europe any other way now. I agree. And you said it best last week. When you typically think river cruising, you know, Viking comes to mind, and it's typically the the older generation. If you are a person like us who wants to see different countries and who wants to see different cultures, but you may not have the planning ability, like I certainly don't, you love planning, or the financial capability to book different hotels, train mm -hmm. tickets, meals, this is the vacation for you. And especially with Adventures by Disney, because they did all of our activities that you and I got to do. There was always a kid's version of it yeah. as well. Like if we went to the Schönbrunn Palace and took a tour, a 10-year-old, a teenager might not think that's very interesting. So they actually took the kids away and they had like an art scavenger hunt mm -hmm. in the palace and stuff. So they really were mindful of catering to all ages, all types of families that were vacationing. What really sticks out to me was just the ease of it. The staff was incredible. You and I love cruising. And now that we've cruised in Europe, yeah, you can't do it any other way. I think, what, is there three or four more different types of river cruises? Yeah, so Adventures by Disney, and Ama Waterways goes everywhere. Yeah. But Adventures by Disney goes with them to the Rhine River, which is Germany uh, to... Uh, I'm going to butcher that now. It starts in Germany. Oh, it goes uh, from Germany to um, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. So it goes that route. The Rhone River, which is in the southeastern part of France, a.k.a. wine country. Mm. The Seine River, which is a round trip from Paris. And the Danube, which is what we got to do. What is kind of your lasting impression on it or maybe any advice 
that you would give to someone who says, hey, I'm thinking about doing this? Do it. Yeah? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And you might have some arguments along the way, but you'll look back and you'll say, that was the best decision I ever made. I'm so glad I said yes and went. Yeah. yeah. And we owe all of it, you know, uh, our parents helped us go. The tour guides, you know, helped us decide what we wanted to do. The ship staff was incredible with meals and things like that. And I, there is not one single thing that I would say was not perfect from the minute we walked onto that ship to the minute we got off. The only things that were hiccups were the planes, were the airplanes, which was our fault. So that over two episodes, two and a half hours covers our seven day, seven night Danube River cruise aboard the Amalea, which was part of the Ama waterways. They were amazing. If you're going to river cruise, that's the only one we can speak to. They were 10 out of 10. Hosted by Adventures by Disney, that's the only vacation we've been on with them. 10 out of 10. Both companies sold me. Yep. First impressions stick, and I can't imagine going anywhere. If I was going to go on a river cruise, like I'm sure Viking's great, but, I'm yeah. like, but Emma Waterways is perfect. Yeah, and it was a marriage that seemed so seamless and so perfect. We thank you all for sticking with us over the last couple of hours for this jam-packed two-part episode of the Danny River Cruise. Um, what should we talk about next week? Hmm. We did. Uh, we are booking a trip. We're going to go to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park here very soon. So we're going to do that. Uh, we also were talking about going camping in Stone Mountain outside of Atlanta. I don't know what we should do next week. We have hometowns. We could talk about Madison, Mississippi. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about locally here. Oh, yeah. We're, we're actually from a quote-unquote quote small unquote. town. Yeah, people think of Orlando, you think of theme parks. But, but there's so much more. Right, this place is so much more. So we hope you'll be back next week. We thank you all for listening. See you next time. Bye.